We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good Saturday morning and welcome into a chilly Halloween weekend. I want to wish good luck to the veterans and the youths who might be out there deer hunting on this exclusive day for them. Good luck to you. Hope you bag some big ones. All right, we also got a trick or fish special bank fishing opportunity for kids this weekend. I'll tell you more about that. In fact, it's for the whole family. And listen up because uh, up and down the Gulf Coast, we got fishing reporters. We've got professional fishing guides, marina operators, expert anglers. They're all here to help you find and catch fish. Red snapper season. We got an update coming. We're just about turning the corner on shutting it down for the recreational private boats. Also tell you about the opportunities that still might exist for about another week for the offshore charter captains. A Wildlife and Fisheries Commission of Louisiana is going to meet this coming Thursday. Uh, some pretty important items on the agenda. They're going to be discussing the uh, shark situation, uh, seasons, and perhaps the limits. I think that has needed to be addressed for a long time. be interesting to see what their reports indicate there. Also, speckled trout. You know, a lot of you saltwater fishermen have been asked to complete surveys and, 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 and go to meetings and express your opinion on what the situation is with speckled trout in Louisiana, the status of the population. Should there be regulations changed? Should the size limit be changed? Should the bag limit be changed? Should both be changed? Slot limits? Uh, they're going to pick that up and give some updates on both the speckled trout population status as well as any updates as far as regulation changes that might be coming down the pike. Also going to tell you the story about a man who was nailed, and he's awaiting sentencing for bootlegging rhinoceros iguanas as toys. That's this week's Bad Boys of the Outdoors feature. Also, a lot of you have been commenting, uh, there's just too many alligators out there now. Well, we're going to tell you what Louisiana is planning to do about it. At least it's a start to address that situation of Oh, how things change. I can remember when alligators were on the brink of being endangered species and extinct, and now they're talking about there's too many out there for safety. We'll talk about that. Also, we invite your text messages, your fishing reports to share with our listeners, your comments, your questions, uh, your plans for the weekend. Let us know. That text number directly here in the studio. It's live inside. It's 504 504- Two six zero one eight seventy. Tell us who you are, where you are, your comments, your question, report, or what you got going on this Saturday morning. As far as your coastal marine forecast, boy, you got to go a long way to find any rain along the Gulf Coast, maybe off the coast of Florida. That's about it right now. 
rest of the coast is looking pretty clear. Uh, we've got some strong winds going to continue. We're just going to be coming off of a small craft advisory with some gale warnings. The winds did blow with this big front that came through. Temperature's not freezing cold, but pretty nippy. You're going to be needing to bring some jackets and some uh, sweatshirts and maybe the knit caps if you headed out on the water earlier this morning. Looking at northwest winds offshore, 15 to 20 Four to seven foot seas, that's going to curtail a lot of offshore activity. Inside waters on the interior lakes and bays, winds a little bit lighter, but same direction, northwest 10 to 15, and that certainly pushes a lot of water out. You can expect a moderate chop. Average tide range, a little over a foot. Tomorrow, winds calm down a little. It'll be north out of 10 to 15 with two to four foot seas offshore. And for the inside interior lakes and bays tomorrow, north wind, five to 10. Smooth conditions. A uh, question will be how much dirty water is out there. Finding that clean water and getting out of that wind is going to be the key to finding fish. Uh, Mississippi River's at 3.0 and holding steady. So the stage is set. That's what's going on this Halloween weekend. Got hunting opportunities, saltwater, freshwater fishing, and we've got the reports to pass along to you. So stay tuned, sit back, pour yourself another cup of coffee before you head out, and we'll talk some outdoors. We do it every Saturday morning, 5 to 7 a.m., right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. With me, what's going on down in St. Bernard Parish? Let's head over to Campos Marina, talk to Robbie Campo in Shell Beach. And, Robbie, it seems like we went from complaining about the heat, humidity, the bugs and hurricane recovery to winter all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, things are certainly going to be different for people who haven't been out in a couple of weeks. Tell me what all this is going to mean. I know we got maybe some water problems as far as clarity and even finding water. Has this northwest wind pushed a lot of water out and lowered the situation down there? Well, Don, I tell you, um, we, the water was as low as you ever want to see it uh, yesterday, uh, day before yesterday and yesterday. So, um, you know, but I got here this morning, and believe it or not, the water is starting to come back in a little bit. Um, you know, we do have a north, uh, a north, a west northwest wind this morning at 15 knots. Um, you know, but it's blowing like straight across from Fort Beauregard, so you really don't feel it. Uh, you know, at the marina here because the camps are blocking it, but it is blowing. Uh, you know, according to the buoy out there and, and the lake, I just checked it before. You know, come on the radio here with you. I checked it. Um, it is it is blowing at 15 gusts and 17. The water is like chocolate milk. Um, and you are right. The only way you're going to find some fish today is if you find some clean water. The only place that I could think of that anybody is going to find any clean water at all is behind the behind the rock dam at uh, Hopedale. Um, you know, that's that's usually a spot that uh, at this time of the year when the wind is blowing out of the west-northwest, um, you know, because it's blowing it out of Lake Bourne and, you know, into the Mr. Go here, that it, you know, that, that backside of that dam uh, usually stays pretty clean. Um, so if today is your day to go fishing and <laughs> you have to be very, very careful going back there, Know where you're going because, it, it, you know, the water is low, uh, but there's a bright side that the tide is coming up a little bit this morning. Now, I don't know how much longer it's going to come up before it starts falling again. But uh, keep this in mind, you know, that it is very, very low. Um, if it were me today at our, you know, if I had something to do, I'd go bow hunting, but <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> I wouldn't be fishing at this low tide. But 
you know, water clarity is going to be your is going to be your issue today and low tide. So, um, but hey, like I said, if today is your day to go, stay in the main channels. Don't go getting, don't go running off, you know, uh, where you don't know or whatever, because uh, there is the potential of getting stuck, and we don't want that. Nobody wants anybody to get stuck. Um, uh, you know, we haven't had anybody out in the last couple of days, Don, due, due to this big front coming through. Um, it is a game changer. I think next week when this water clears up and it calms down, they are going to they are gonna maul these trout right around here again. Um, I think it's going to be a – I think it's going to be back on pretty hot and heavy uh, starting around Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday when this water – you know, when this wind finally starts blowing – and it calms down and settles down. I think I think the bite is going to be unbelievable after this uh, after this front. Um, it, it was it was pretty good before this front happened, and you know usually generally after you get your second cold front is when you know up in that Biloxi Marsh up uh, around the Pete's Lagoon and Muscle Bay and Lake Eugene area. That's usually how, how when this turns on. So expect that to really really heat up because that's going to get really right uh really soon um places like lake robin um over around bayou batola uh bayou robin east bayou over in the lake Keel in front of bayou bernard uh, these these places are going to get they're going to get cranked up hot and heavy here real soon over over in the Rosita lagoon uh, Rosita bayou by Rosita lagoon and over you know and at Hopedale Lagoon, Lake Lake Amida, Lake Amity area, this is you know this is the time of the year when this stuff when this when these places start really getting good. So, um, you know, just not if, today. If wait a couple of days. <laughs> if you can wait a couple of days, yeah. just wait a couple of days. It's going to get right. Robbie, uh, maybe a good idea would be to uh, on your way down uh, get you a seato policy on the way out if you're going to be fishing during these uh, low tides like this. Might be a good investment, you know. Get uh, Giacomo and those guys may need to come get you. Uh, Robbie, I got a, a text message in for you. This uh, one of our listeners says, "Good morning." Uh, before his dad passed away, he had a 45 foot shrimp boat called the Hawk. He kept it in Salt Bayou, and he was always looking forward to these strong cold fronts to push big shrimp out of the lake. He wanted me to ask you if any big shrimp came out with this front. That's from uh, your biggest fan, the worm. Well, you know what? Um, I don't know if they caught any in Lake Barn here, uh, but we certainly didn't get them over here in a mess to go. But uh, I know behind Delacroix Island, they, they put it on them pretty good. Uh, but the problem was with the low water, everybody, they got, they still got boats stuck back there. <laughs> mm-hmm. They couldn't get out. They, was, yeah. they were stuck. They were stuck for a couple of days. So, um, but to answer your question, yes, they did catch some shrimp on, on the Delacro side, but not right here on our side. So, but uh, I think I, I would imagine that Lake Pontchartrain dumped some big ones out of it because they had some big ones in there. So if they were ready to go, you know, usually on his first good front like this is when they roll out. So, but you know what? We can't use them big old shrimp for bait anyway. So we like the little ones, Don. So <laughs> we, we still got the, the big ones. ones the big ones again. belong on the grill. You don't put a, you don't put a hook <laughs> yeah, in the right. big ones. You put them on the grill. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. Rob. Okay, Rob. Let's hope okay. for some uh, quick, better weather so soon and get that fall fishing in here. I'm sure it's coming. Yes, sir. Talk to you next Saturday, buddy. Bye-bye. 
Yes, sir. All righty. Robbie Campo. He's at Campos Marina, Shell Beach. All right, we come back after this. Uh, Jeff Brule, our freshwater fishing reporter, has got some reports for you. If you want to get out and fish for those sweetwater fish, might be a little better shot because a lot of those areas are protected in the rivers and interior marshes and even some of the ponds. In fact, we got some Halloween trick of fishing opportunities this week, and I'll tell you more about that. Coming back right after this, you're listening to us on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And our freshwater fishing report with Jeff Rule is a presentation of Berkeley, a division of Pure Fishing in Abu Garcia, who is now promoting John Lee, I'm sorry, Jordan Lee combos. They've got a new line of rods and reels, specific rod models with those low profile and spinning reels. Their products are truly dialed in if you are a bass angler. Check them all out. It's a product of Abu Garcia, which is a division of Pure Fishing. And Jeff joins us now. And, Jeff, I guess let's start as far south as we can go in Louisiana and as far east down in Venice, Louisiana, where that Mississippi River is giving us a little bit of a break this year and staying down. How's that impacting the bass fishing down in the Venice area? Uh, it's very good down there. <laughs> it's pretty hot. A few guys I've talked to, they're really catching a lot of fish. Uh, you know, not the big ones like they have in past, but it's such a big, wide area to to hit. But if you get on some of the main passes all the way down to Loomis, up around Octave, all those areas, just kind of stick to the main passes this time of year. It hadn't really got cold enough to drive the fish back up into the pockets and just flip worms and beavers or whatever kind of bait you like and hold on because there's some good fish there. Went about a week or so ago with uh, Todd Masson and Brian Lambert, and uh, we we kept a perch pole out of his hand and gave him a bass rod, and uh, we had some fun catching the bass. And I think the big key that day was that there wasn't a lot of tide, the water was a little high, so instead of using like maybe a half ounce weight, three eighths ounce, I actually went down to a quarter, and and that seemed to uh, slow the presentation down a little bit enough for those fish to bite them because. If they don't hit on initial fall, sometimes you can hop it two or three times and get a bite. But if it's, it kind of gets back away off the drop off there, they're not there. They're up back up in the canes, and the water was high, and that lighter weight, I think, made the difference. Jeff, were you all fishing around Pasalute? Uh, we ran down somewhere down south to catch some white trout. I'm sure Ryan talked about that last week. It's unbelievable. It's like when I was a kid catching them, uh, just every cast. Uh, Brian actually had a matrix shad on, and for a few minutes they took his tail off, and then they took another piece of the plastic off, and then <laughs> he's still catching. And he took the plastic off the hook, and it, and he threw the hook out there and was catching them on that. So it's just when you get them fired up. Uh, that's why up, we call him the plastic man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He used he used the one till it was gone. He didn't he didn't want yeah. a perfect one. He just used and it, it just amazing. We caught over a hundred in no time, uh, but. We went down in some of those areas, so we, uh, and I know some guys that are fishing down around the wildlife fishery camp, those areas down there, and they are catching bass everywhere down there, so the mm. ports are good. Now, the river's coming back up. That might put a little stinker on it next week, and, of course, there's wind and makes it hard to get down there if you've got a smaller boat, and sometimes it pushes the water out, but you find the right bank in the right place with the right tide down there, it's game on. Yeah, we got uh, waterfowl seasons open up in a couple of weeks, and people need to remember that Pasolute, uh Refuge, the federal refuge, is actually uh, closed, you know, to access during the, the duck season. You can't go in there until waterfowl season's over. Well, moving further up, uh, an area that we never used to report about bass fishing, the Mr. Go and also the Chef area. Of course, there's always been bass around the Chef, but never as good as it's been in the last several years. What can you tell us about that area for people who might want to try to stay out of the wind and 
find some little nooks and crannies in there this weekend. Well, this year, the, some of the storms that came through, it really hurt the grass. So the grass is starting to come back. Uh, so you got to get in some of the pockets, and you can find some bass. You know, they're not thick as they were about a year or so ago because I think really the covers kind of shut them the bite off a good bit. But you get out on the Mr. Go, it's kind of hard on a windy day to get out there. But they are catching some along that area. So they're slowly kind of coming back. But really, they're from the lower Biloxi Marsh all the way up to the Mr. Go and even around the intercoast all the way up to the Pearl River. You just have to kind of, that's a big area. But if you poke around and find the right bayou or a draining ditch somewhere, you're going you're gonna to find them. Spinner baits, uh, you can actually throw some frogs on top of the grass if it's not too bad conditions, but he was just a good old worm on a little light Texas river and get you a lot of bites in, in the marsh down there. And moving further to the, the west, uh, Chaffalaya Basin, Henderson area, what's happening over that way? Uh, the river came up last week, uh, did peak up a little bit over there to, on the Morgan City gauge, but it's back down about three feet. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's, a, it's in good condition. They, they are catching a lot of numbers there. You know, they said the panfish are doing good. That's just a cork and a jig type fish and just move along the grass beds of the trees until you, you find what you're looking for. But yeah, the reports of the bass fishing is very good over there. So just get out and throw a spinnerbait until you find a stretch that's got some uh, fish and then maybe slow down with some, some other kind of presentation. A lot of times you'll, you'll do well over there because uh, the conditions are improving. We're going to get another rise next weekend overall, but the basin is further north, so the rise has already happened there, and it's already starting to go back down. So hopefully we can keep this river below five feet in New Orleans on the Mississippi gauge. That The rest of the fall will, will be good just about everywhere in that system. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to your fall and winter reports. Thanks so much, Jeff. We appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Don. Jeff Brule, our freshwater fishing reporter. All right. We come back. Continuing with Jeff's report, if you want a freshwater fish and catch some nice-sized channel catfish for this Halloween weekend, I'm going to tell you some details where you can do it and do it absolutely free. It's called Trick or Fish for Halloween. Back with that, your text messages, 504-260-1870. It's all part of the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, they're calling it some frightfully good fishing this Halloween weekend. It's the Get Out and Fish Community Fishing Program, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. And in honor of that, they have stocked all 17 of the community fishing sites. Now, these areas are specially chosen. They're easy access. They've got certain restrictions and requirements uh, that are needed for safety and for access and for even uh, physically challenged uh, they put adult-sized catfish in there for Halloween, just special stocking for this weekend. So get your stuff and head out there, uh, and absolutely no charge. Just need your proper licensing if that's required. Of course, the kids don't need licenses. So uh, before they go out trick-or-treating, go out trick-or-fishing. And you can find those on the Wildlife and Fisheries website. Look about, You'll find the Get Out and Fish program, and there's a map showing 17 areas. Now, there's one A special opportunity down in the Homa area. They know that a lot of the folks down there lost a lot of their equipment. So they've got some staff and volunteers going to be at the Bayou Country Sports Complex to help. They'll have tips, and I think they're even going to have some rods and reels that you can borrow 
and get out there and catch some of those channel cats, which, by the way, one of the greatest and most underrated eating fish you're going to find that swims in Louisiana. Of course, they're not going to catch them all. So if you don't have a chance to go this Halloween weekend, you might want to do it uh, later next week or in the coming weeks because they, they don't go anywhere. They stay in those landlocked ponds. All right, right after this quick pause, going to get to your text messages. Want to send us one. It's 504-260-1870. We'll be back to share what our listeners are saying right after we pause 10 seconds to let our local stations identify themselves along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio. All right, we get texts in throughout the show. They come directly in here to St. Hubert's Cathedral. By the way, next weekend, uh, next Wednesday, that is, is the feast day of St. Hubert, the patron saint of hunters. And if you want to hear the fascinating or read about the fascinating story of St. Hubert, uh, go to my website. It's all there, dontheoutdoorsguy.com, and look under articles, and uh, you'll see it there, the blooding ritual. Why do we do it? It's an explanation of why when a young or first-time deer hunter kills their first deer, we uh, actually smear blood on them. It's kind of a little ritual of uh, of things to come. All right, uh, we've got someone going to the car show in Slidell. Ain't no water left in the marsh. Well, that's an exaggeration, but what is there is kind of dirty, so not the best fishing weekend with all the winds to, to get out there and do it. All right, we're hearing from one of our regular listeners, the River Rat. He's taking the big rig to Alabama. Well, you can listen to us all the way over there. And we've got Justin. See, we got this guy, Justin. We've got a couple of Justins. Justin, the duck hunter, but we got Justin who lives in the Gentilly area. It's uh, actually an urban area, but we call it the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge because he keeps an eye on what goes on in there wildlife-wise. And, you know, you don't have to be in the woods or in the rural areas to observe wildlife. Let me tell you, there's a lot of wildlife within the city limits of metropolitan areas. It's got to know how to look for them and the timing on it. A lot of them are nocturnal. Anyway, Justin says he saw a flock of ibis in the sky in the refuge. Does that mean a good duck season? Well, not necessarily. Ibis, are, are, they do migrate somewhat, but they're a less migratory bird. They don't go all the way up north and then fly all the way back down. They're, they're pretty much uh, local residents, but they do migrate some. Um, they're really a pretty nice-looking bird, unique bird. We used to actually have a season on them years and years ago. I had a flock of five. In fact, I saw them two days ago. They were picking in my pond, probably little minnows and crawfish. And every now and then they show up. And these are the dark uh, species of ibis. They they actually landed in a cypress tree back by the pond. And I snapped a pretty good picture of them, and all five of them sitting on a limb. They, they're kind of oblivious to humans. They don't have the fear of humans like a lot of the wild birds do all right we have uh let's see i don't know if this is tracker life or trucker life but he's passing through heading to texas that's uh, our friend jeff laborde he's listening to the show thanks jeff and we got a good morning from stuttgart arkansas we're missing you this morning yeah i'm missing you too the bayou wild team is up there without me and they're hunting uh, on opening day a special early season for those speckle belly geese and uh, some of the photos that Chris has sent to me in video, uh, looks like they're going to have a great hunt. They're pretty stacked up up there. All right, we got the mad trucker checking in, and we got someone going to try fishing out of Lafitte this coming week. Any suggestions where to go, where to steer clear of? Thank you all for the great info and entertainment each week. Well, one of my favorite things to do in Lafitte, and this is all going to hopefully this winds will calm down so you can get access this time of the year, if you go out into the big lake, Lake Salvador, and you kind of read the water, you'll see what's called nervous water. There'll be a little bit of movement on the surface, and sometimes you'll you'll see a slick. And they've got these schools of big bull redfish, sometimes it's bull drum, 
And, I mean, there are just tons of them out there. And when you find one of those, drift into them, cut your engine off, and make sure you got a pretty stout pole and line and gear and be rigged up for them. But you can catch a lot of those redfish uh, in, in Lake Salvador uh, in those big schools. They just school up this time of the year. And Lake Salvador, it's a big lake, but be careful. you got to make sure you catch a day where you got calm winds, not only for access, but it's a lot easier to spot those nervous. We call it nervous water. All right, we got a Podge driver. He's checking in, and we're hearing from Dixie George. He's watching his granddaughter, Brooklyn, go deer hunting. Makes him so proud. I understand, Dixie George. That's a wonderful thing. And good luck to you, Brooklyn, hunting on this youth day. I hope you bag you one. And uh, if you haven't got one yet, maybe they'll do the blooding ritual for you. All right, we got the Bayou Wild crew. They're headed out for some giggle chicken shooting in Stuttgart. Yeah, we know what giggle chickens are. If you ever listen to a speckle belly goose, that's a good nickname for them. We might get a live update from them a little bit later on before we go off the air. All right, it's time for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk alligators, speckle trout, and red snapper. Wildlife and Fisheries Department uh, got some issues with each one of those species. We'll kind of tell you what it's all about right after this. Keep those text messages coming, 504-260-1870, on a chilly, spooky Halloween weekend. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. It's been a lot of discussion lately about alligators in the state of Louisiana. Unfortunately, we had a man lost his life. He was killed and eaten by an alligator in the Slidell area during the high waters associated with Hurricane Ida. That is very, very rare. That's only the second fatal alligator attack I can ever recall happening in Louisiana. And there are a lot of alligator-human encounters. But a lot of people are saying we've got too many alligators. The, the market's been down. The commercial harvest of alligators has dropped. Uh, the expansion of farm-raised alligators has provided uh, a, a lot of competition, so people are not going out taking as many alligators as what they can. They're not filling all their tags. And a lot of people are concerned that this is a growing problem uh, to people with duck hunting dogs, uh, human contact with them, uh, people that feed them on a regular basis, and then that creates a very dangerous situation. So and they've discovered that, the wild nests have increased uh, dramatically. There were about 10,000 in the 1970s when the alligators were really in trouble and, and into the 1980s. But now in the last few years, they're saying there's about 60,000 nests. And alligators can be pretty successful nesters. And that increase has produced a wild population that you can keep going with a lower farm return. The way this worked, the farmers, they would take the alligator eggs. And we did this last year. You can go back on Bayou Wild TV and watch the, the, the feature. We were actually alligator egg hunting in the marsh. They go out with uh, helicopters, and they mark the nest, and then the boats go out. Uh, you take the eggs out of the nest. You bring them into incubators. You hatch them when the alligators reach a safe size where they're beyond predation. They return them to the wild to ensure that there's a, a good population of alligators. Well, with all the, the, the nests that have been on the increase and the decline in taking of them, uh, they don't need to do that as many more. They they used to put a lot more alligators out there. So about 10% of the alligators that the farm were raised on a farm were put back into the wild. Well, they have decided to actually they adopted a notice of intent, so it's not completely final. But they're going to reduce releasing the alligators from the farms from a 10% population to five, and that certainly will curtail the future population of alligator, but it still brings up the question, what about what's out there now? That's not going to have any impact on an overabundance of alligators. And 
I think they need to look into expanding the harvest opportunities, and I know there's some problems with private landowners who hold the tags and people coming on private property, but perhaps they will allow those landowners to sell the tags or set up alligator leases for people who want to go out and harvest alligators as recreation. And possibly they could be covered under a state liability policy because that would be the landowner's concern. So I don't know. I'm thinking that may be an answer to the, the present problem, and certainly reducing the number that are released back into the wild will take care of future problems. But anyway, that's uh, there's nothing there in, in stone. That's just Don Dubuque thinking out loud on the radio what my solution would be to the alligator situation. All right. Uh, from there, we talk speckle trout. Uh, at this week's coming, on the 4th of November, Thursday, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission, which is the policymaking body of the department, will meet. They're going to hear a summary of the 2021 spotted sea trout surveys. If you filled out one of those surveys I talked about, about preferences and what you'd like to see and how many trips you go on and how many fish you catch, uh, they're going to, they've got Dr. Jack Isaacs, who's an economist, is going to present that to the commission. There's also going to be an assessment of the speckled trout in Louisiana waters and update the management measures that are being considered. So we may see some changes being recommended in the speckled trout, not only the populations, but in the regulations of harvest. Uh, they've, asked, they've offered a lot of options to bring speckled trout numbers back up because they said they're seriously overfished. And that could meaning reduced size, uh, going from a 25 per person limit to 10 or less, and possibly a slot limit like redfish. Uh, That wasn't very popular, though. But anyway, we'll see. And if you want to attend these meetings there in Baton Rouge, I know they're hard for the average working guy to make, but you can also uh, visit them online and actually participate uh, on a Zoom. Just go to their website, and the instructions are there how to monitor the commission meetings on way of your computer uh in addition to the speckled trout they're also going to talk about sharks this is another one where i'm hearing and i've seen it uh offshore fishermen constantly complain about the number of sharks uh, they try to reel up tuna and snapper and some of the other offshore species and a lot of times they end up with nothing but heads uh, they have curtailed and put some restrictions over the years on the taking of sharks it's pretty tight uh, there is a limited commercial season, and there's limited species you can keep. Well, they're going to discuss the limits and seasons for taking sharks in Louisiana. I'm sure there's going to be some uh, offers and some people who suggest that we increase the limit and let people take more sharks to get that population in balance with the other species. So some interesting things going to be going on at that Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting. All right, a little bit later on, I'm going to update you on the red snapper situation. You know, we still have an open season, uh, both offshore for charter boats and for the private owners' boats inside, and it's based on the numbers that are caught, and it will shut down uh, when we reach that quarter. I'll tell you where we are when we come back in just a little bit. Again, some more text messages and that all-important Grand Isle comeback report with Captain Darrell Carpenter of RealScreamers.com. He's up next right after this on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Most of the Louisiana coastal areas have uh, pretty much recovered from Hurricane Ida. Still a lot of structural damage got to be repaired, a lot of debris got to be removed. One of the very hardest hit areas, of course, was Grand Isle, and it is slowly returning each week. Darrell Carpenter, operator of RealScreamers.com on the island, has been updating us on the progress made. And, Darrell, what can you tell us about this week's progress? I heard something about there was water in some areas, but the boil advisory was underway. Give us the latest. Well, Don, they're, what, what, they're still barging in water. Um, 
they're still having repeated problems with that main line that runs in the bayou from the feet. Seems like every time they power it up, they find another weak spot and, you know, another blowout. Um, but, yes, uh, this week with the bad weather, they decreased our water service a little bit. Uh, the areas that have water, they knocked them back down to evenings only because the barge or the, the, the tugboat operator didn't want to operate in, in the weather or couldn't operate in the weather. Um, so, yeah, the water situation, not much has changed. I was able to speak with some of our officials earlier this week. They tell me they're trying to work out a deal with um, Lafouche Parish where we tap into their water system where it ends near Elmer's Island. <clears throat> to try to start bringing in a water supply from both ends of the par- from both ends of the island, uh, so there's been very little, very little uh, advancement on the water stuff. Uh, Electricity-wise, the majority of the island now does have electricity. We're still operating off of those big mega generators that that uh, Energy brought in. Uh, aesthetically, a lot of progress has been made. There's been a lot of stuff getting cleaned up this week. A lot of progress made in that. Um, I think you're going to see some of the the utility workers kind of thing start to decrease here now. And some of the private contractors, you know, increasing to bring in these demolitions and bring in these rebuilds. The encouraging thing is one of the large lumber companies has seen the need. They're opening a big lumber yard here on the island so we don't have to travel so far. Um, Uh just was very encouraged this week with the number of people I saw coming in with trailer fulls of lumber to rebuild and start getting the rebuild process going. Uh, even got some fishing reports this week. Don, the, the speckled trout were heavy, heavy, thick ahead of this cold front. Um, a lot of trout being caught on the interior oyster reefs and stuff. So for the people that are finding time to take some time off, the fish are here still. Well, that's great news, and um, I guess the question people are asking, any access areas with supplies opened up on either end of the island yet? I know it's going to be quite a while before Bridgeside on that end gets going, but uh, on the other end, towards the east, uh, you know, the new Grand Isle Marina down there seemed to be pretty much unscathed by the storm damage, but are they able to get supplies and pass that along to people who are coming down and uh, are they welcoming in fishermen yet, or are they still asking people to not become part of the problem by getting in the way of the clearing operations? Well, that I'm aware of, Don. Uh, I think you're in the coming week or weeks you're going to start seeing a, a downscaling of some of these electrical contractors and so forth. And those are the folks that have had the entire marinas leased out, if you will. Um, so that's going to have to happen first. You know, your nearest – free access or, or, you know, uh, unobstructed boat launches are still going to be in the Leeville, Fouchon area. I think here in the next week or two is when you'll start seeing some of that loosen up some. Uh, you know, the biggest problem is you've got Grand Isle Marina, the, the old sand dollar, and then you've got one hotel on the island that survived. Uh, so, I mean, that's as we're as we start thinking, okay, this stuff is making progress, now we're starting to think, what are we going to have to do come springtime to house our customers? So stuff like that is fixing, to, you know, that's fixing to become some of the considerations. So I think it's still a little bit early yet. I think your access is coming from outside of Grand Isle. But, uh, but I mean, if you're willing to burn the gas, and, and look, when we talk, you know, when we give the Grand Isle report, as you as you specifically say, during the fall and winter, we're talking Grand Isle, Leeville, the, the lower Golden Meadow area. 
you don't have to launch necessarily right here in Grand Isle. If you've got that itch, go scratch it. Um, the one thing, and I've said this for years on your show, Don, I would encourage people, if you're thinking about getting out right now, now after this cold front is a good time to get out, even just go explore. I mean, let's face it, when we get back to fishing, I'm going to have to relearn that marsh because so much has changed since I had to come through. But low tides like this is a good time to get out and putt-putt around because you get to see where all the trash, the hurricane debris and the garbage is, and you can start relearning your fishing areas. Yep, you're going to have to reprogram those GPS, those plotting, and, you know, mark those hazards that you find because there's going to be a bunch of them out there for sure. Well, Darrell, bottom line, when does it look like realscreamers.com is going to get back to the fishing business? I'm shooting, Don. You know, we, we're Grand Isle's a lot of tourist activity. So I'm thinking it's going to be, before we get back to full-blown, I'm thinking next spring is when we'll be really, you know, March or so. Hopefully, I hope to have everything repaired and back just running full speed. I'm hoping for you, too. Thanks for the updates each week, Darrell. We'll look forward to another one with some more progress being made. Thank you, Doc. All right, Darrell Carpenter, realscreamers.com, and uh, giving his firsthand eyewitness accounts of the comeback of one of uh, Louisiana's really true jewels in the crown of fishing, Grand Isle. All right, we come back after this. we got more fishing reports. Ryan Lambert, the plastic man, will pick his brain. Hopefully we're going to hear from my Bayou Wild partners up there in Stuttgart, Arkansas. They're goose hunting. Born on the bayous, Mike Gallo's got a report and a paddler report with Brendan Bayard. All that's still to come. And bad boy, the outdoors on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back in hour number two of the program. Uh, got as much to talk about as we did in hour number one. Uh, if you missed it, well, you can always go back and catch the replays of the show. You can find that at odyssey.com. You can also pick us up anywhere in the world on that live stream in addition to our flagship and affiliate network stations. Um, Red Snapper, we've been getting a lot of questions about that. I know it's a little bit confusing on how all that works, but if you're interested in Fishing for Red Snapper. Uh, here are the latest landing estimates, and this was through October 17th. You know, the way this works, we have a La Creole program, and the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries monitors the landings as the season progresses. And we have a set quota to fulfill, and until that quota is reached, uh, we're allowed to catch Red Snapper. Uh, there was an extension this year. And in doing so, they went from the three-day weekends, which is normally during the season, to seven days a week, and they increased the limit, actually doubled it from two fish per person to four. Uh, Right now, the latest uh, calculation is we've reached 81% of the 2021 allocation. That was 832,000 and some change. Uh, And according to what the latest info was through the 17th, there were 679,000 and some chains caught. So it will continue until the estimate is reached, and uh, it's getting close to the end. I can tell you that, uh, of course, with these bad weather days, there's not so much pressure on them, but it won't be going on very much longer. And as soon as that is reached or estimated to be reached, we'll make the announcement to be closed. Uh, That's for the private recreational season. Now, if you fish with a charter captain, a federally licensed charter captain who has an offshore boat, takes people out to catch red snapper. That season was also extended. Uh, it's regulated differently with a different quota. November 6th, next Saturday, one week from today, is the final day when it will be open. Now, if you're fishing with a state license instead of a federally licensed guide, they have to stay within the state season and within nine miles of the coast. So that's the latest on the red snapper. Uh, All good things must end, and we're getting close to the time. And it's been fortunate that we've been able to fish some for those great, excellent fish uh, this late into the the fall season. All right, here's some text messages coming in. Uh, I'll be heading out this afternoon to break in a brand-new six-horsepower Tahatsu outboard so I can use it for bow hunting tomorrow. Is there any brand of gas that does not contain ethanol? I would prefer not to use ethanol in my outboard motor. There are various brands that make that, and it's a good suggestion to not use ethanol. Look for the ethanol-free gas. It's it's going to be marked on the pumps, and sometimes they have signs. You'll probably find more stations that carry non-ethanol gas closer to marinas and boat launches because it is preferred. It, uh, it gives you better performance. There's less corrosion and wear and tear on your engine. So I'd stick with that. You may pay a little more for it, but it's going to be certainly worth it. All right, we have the Backstrap Stacker, another one of our regular listeners. He's checking in from Mobile, Alabama. I had to stay home to get the honeydews this weekend before deer season starts over there. I hope everyone is enjoying this beautiful weather. Yeah, it's been pretty nice, except if you're a fisherman, uh, you don't enjoy the wind. The wind is your enemy when you're trying to catch some fish. All right, we got more fishing reports coming up, and uh, Mike Gallo's going to be up next. I saw him last. Uh, he was with his Texas uh, customers. They were cleaning fish from a successful day of red fishing. They were here all week. We'll get his recap on how things went and what the prognosis is for this weekend. The rest of it, what's left, is uh, winds are going to be a problem for a lot of the fishermen, and we got low water conditions, dirty water conditions. Not the best for fishing, but 
Got some hunting options. Freshwater interior fishing, too, could be good. We'll be back to talk more about all that stuff right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And our Born on the Bayou report with Captain Mike Gallo is sponsored by CETO, $179. That's all it costs for a year membership. You get unlimited fuel drops, 24-7 tow-ins, jump starts for electrical problems. If you're stranded in low water and you need to get pulled out, whatever it takes to get you back safely, CETO's there. They're like AAA on the water. They're giving you peace of mind. It's not just for you. It's for your loved one. So if you're a loved one and you're worried about your loved one who is on the water and whether they're going to make it back, you might just want to get them an early Christmas gift of a CETO package. Call Captain Chris. He'll give it to you at 504-301-4545 or a simple one-click to CETO.com. And maybe, just maybe, I made an offer last week to show listeners you got 14 months for the price of 12 Mike, can we, are we can we extend that to this week, or is, is, is did they miss out? I think that is a fall special for your listeners. So throughout the fall, I'm sure they'll make an announcement, you know, when there's a week left to get people motivated to not miss out on that great offer. Well, that is a super offer, two extra whole months for the price of 12. Well, Mike, uh, last time I saw you, you and the Texas boys were cleaning fish that y'all had caught, and we were kind of hunkering down for this blow that was going to come. Did it curtail their trip, or did y'all manage to get out anymore this week? Well, uh, I think we saw you Monday or Tuesday. Um, anyway, uh, we did go out on Wednesday ahead of the front. We stayed in the protected waters of the intercoastal waterway, made our way down towards the Mystigo, and I caught good numbers of speckled trout. We fished all plastic. I think each boat averaged, I would say, 15 trout. We had four boats go out, Um, and they keep it to two people per boat. So, you know, not a banner day, but with that kind of wind and fishing all plastics, uh, I was was satisfied myself. Uh, Obviously, Thursday, we did not venture out. We actually did venture out yesterday. Again, we fished in all local waters. We got some live shrimp and bass were the big winner yesterday. I think we had close to 40 bass, a few speckled trout, a dozen or so, some freshwater catfish, a few redfish. Um, So yesterday for the conditions wasn't bad either. Those guys were dying to get out after, you know, they kind of got cabin fever sitting in the lodge all day Thursday, so we were able to make it. I think we fished less than a quarter mile from the lodge all day yesterday. Uh, today, we've got some beautiful live shrimp from Wrigley's Marina. We're going to make our way to the intercoastal waterway, and as soon as we find clean water, we'll start fishing some of the runouts and some of the drains, some of the areas where we know there are shells on the bottom, and I'm sure we'll make our way down to towards the Mystigo, where we'll have even more options. So that'll be our um, our plan for the day. Well, you're going to be faced with an incoming tide uh, to start off with, and then I would think somewhere around 10, maybe 9, 10, 11 o'clock, it's going to reach the, the peak and then start to fall out. So and with that wind, uh, it's going to be a good water movement, and fishing those choke points off the ICWW you should do pretty good. What size were those bass you caught? I would say, you know, we had one that was four pounds, but uh, I would say 10 inches. Yeah, that was the biggest one I've seen come out of the 
this area in wow, fifteen years or so. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't bass fish, so I wouldn't, you know, say that I'm keeping my thumb on the pulse of the bass fishing in the area. But that certainly was a really big one. Uh surprised me for sure. He he won the T shirt. That young man won the T shirt. <laughs> we put up yeah. we put up a T shirt for the best fisherman of the trip and he won the T shirt for yesterday. That's a huge fish for a marsh bass. You know, Mike, you've been fishing that area long enough to, to really see the change. And, you know, it, it's a welcome change that, you know, when the weather gets inclement, you can switch over from the redfish in the trout routine and put 40 bass in a boat and save your trips, man. That's got to be a blessing. You know, people don't have to cancel when, even though they can't get to the, the, the trout and redfish spots. Yeah, one of the things I try to do, Don, I, I think to myself, I'm going to match my customer's effort. And what I mean by that, if they make a big effort to come down fishing, these Texas guys drive here from Dallas. So that's a nine to 10 hour drive just to get here. So if there's any way we can go, you know, and of course, taking safety into, you know, that's always our main thought. We don't want to jeopardize anybody, but if we can go in a safe manner and catch some fish, then we're going to certainly match the effort they made to come down and fish with us. So yesterday was one of those days, and, you know, I contacted all the captains and see if they were in, and they said, sure, we'd love to go. We're just going to go around Lakeshore Estates, Go Higgins Canal, stay close by, even the canal right here behind my lodge. So we just fanned out, and we set up a big group text so we could all see what others were doing, and we kind of had fun with it. It was kind of like major league fishing. You know, we'd get on the Mm. phone and text our score tracker update as to what we caught. So we made it into a fun trip, and we had seven people out yesterday that came back with, I think, 79 fish total. So really wasn't bad for the conditions at all. I was very surprised. You know, your Texas guys are a good accomplished fishermen, but I think people sometimes are intimidated when they hear bass fishing because they watch it on TV, and, you know, certainly competitive professional bass fishing is high-tech stuff. It's It takes years and years, and it's very difficult. But, you know, for what you guys are doing out there, really there's no shame in the average fisherman putting a shrimp on the popping cork and catching bass, and it's pretty easy, as easy as red fishing or trout. Sure. We were we were fishing drop shots, but you would position the boat along the grass line and you'd cast parallel to the grass line and just kind of drag it, slowly work it towards you. And the bass were in the grass and he'd dart out and get that shrimp when it came by. So it was, it was pretty simplistic fishing and getting down in these canals where you can sort of get out of the wind, wasn't, a, wasn't too difficult to cast. And then, of course, every so often we'd throw out in the middle and that's where we'd every once in a while stumble across a speckled trout or a white trout. There was one big redfish caught. There was some freshwater catfish caught. So it was a variety, and uh, it was a fun trip. Mike, if somebody wants to do like your Texas guys and bring a crew down and spend a week or a few days at the Spots and Dots Lakehouse Lodge and get a mix of you know, fall fishing in for a variety of species. They can find you on my website, but give them your website and telephone number. My website is aaofla.com, and you can find us on social media under Angling Adventures of Louisiana, or my telephone number, 985-781-7811. Good luck, Mike. You all have a safe trip, and uh, we want to hear about it next week when we talk. 
sounds good, Don, and I hope your friends enjoyed those redfish that you got from us. I hadn't got them yet, but I know they will. Thanks again. We appreciate it. Talk to you next Mike week. Gallo. Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana. We also call him Born on the Bayou Mike. All right, coming back after this, the Paddler's Report. How about jumping in a kayak, P-Rog, canoe, and going after fish? Uh, Brendan Bayard does it quite frequently, and he's going to tell us some good tips for it. Right after this, you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, what a perfect song for our next feature. The Paddler's Report, uh, stroking with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. It's a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. They've got locations in Mid-City, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Covington, even do rentals. They offer the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. You can find all their products and also the dates for the demo days where you try before you buy on their website or their Facebook page. It's MasseyOutfitters.com. And Brendan Bayard is one of our reporters for the feature. And, Brendan, what can you tell us about fishing this weekend, after this front is passing through and we got dirty water and high winds, what's a guy like you going to do? Yeah, this is, a, this is a little bit of a challenge, but uh, I'm excited to see this cold weather come in. It's, it's going to get us set up for a, a nice uh, winter, uh, late fall bite, which is really my favorite time of the year to fish. Uh, the, the trout start moving in from the coast and really congregate pretty thick in the bays. We're already seeing that happen uh, in Yellow Cotton Bay, for instance. There, the trout are getting really thick in there. The water is pretty clean over there still, but uh, if you go out there and, and just fish that bank that's you know between the old L Canal at the top and uh, in the Venice area, just anywhere on that bank, there's there's a lot of speckled trout right now. So, uh, not very big, but definitely enough to fill up your ice chest pretty quickly. Uh, likewise, in Port Sulphur, the uh, trout are congregating back behind the high school. So both of those places offer good, pla- uh, you know, good places to tuck out of the wind, find some decently clear water, use a popping cork, catch some trout, uh, just you know, try to hug a, a lee shore uh, and get that protection from the from the bank, and, and you should be able to catch some fish. It's uh, it's going to only get better, but you have to deal with the front when it comes through the wind and the dirty water. But every day after that front, it gets a little bit better, so uh, should be pretty good here soon. Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, some of the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club tournaments had to be canceled, but a successful fall and tide went off recently down at Delta Marina. Uh, next up is that November 20th championship down in Lake Hermitage, which used to be called for us old-timers Lake Perez. Name was changed, and I think that's one of the most underrated saltwater fishing areas down in the Plaquemines Parish area. Tell us about Lake Hermitage and the tournament and, and what it has to offer for people with kayaks or paddlecraft. Yeah, Lake Hermitage is just a gem of a little area. You can uh, you can launch out of there and really head in any direction. There's, uh, you know, of course, the lake right there with its um, main bayous coming in and out and the banks along the lake that have some uh, reefs sprinkled around throughout. Uh, and then you can head out to the west where there's a myriad of, of bays and canals and all kinds of nice redfish pond areas. Uh, it's it's a great area to, to drop off a group of kayak fishermen to do a a singular launch and have everybody spread out and nobody's going to bump into each other if need be. Uh, we're doing our championship there, and that's the tournament where you qualify by placing in the upper uh, areas of any of the other tournaments that we've had all year. So, for instance, the top 10% of every tournament 
uh, series tournament throughout the year, you earn a, a bid to go to this championship. Uh, and then they have the, uh, everybody starts at the same time and finishes at the same time. Uh, what a great fishery up there uh, in, in, a, in the Thanksgiving time of uh, year. There's going to be some really nice speckled trout that are going to be up there. I'm anticipating, you know, the, the two to four pounders, you know, sprinkled throughout with possibilities of even bigger fish. Redfish is always on fire, and, and if it's not too cold yet, we'll still have some really nice flounder up there. And what are they fishing for? What are the prize structure? Uh, the prize structures, we have a, 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 a WWF-style belt. I don't know if, if anybody follows me on uh, Facebook. You might have seen some pictures. I was luckily a, lucky enough to win it last year, and it's uh, just kind of a hoot to uh, you know win this belt and carry it around to the other tournaments. Uh, and just kind of have some fun with it. You also win a, a, a nice kayak and uh, some cash. So it's uh, it's one of the bigger prize payouts, and the field has been uh, whittled down a little bit to like the top players for that for that tournament. So uh, pretty fun, pretty uh, more intimate gathering than the rest of the tournaments, but definitely one of the funner events. Uh, if if you haven't fished the Bayou Coast uh, Club events long it's a it's one of those ones you strive to get into the the uh, championship and and have a chance to to enjoy this i'm bringing i'm bringing my son just to fish it he's going to fish for fun even though he didn't qualify but uh we're, we're looking forward to going sounds like a great time brendan thanks for the report as always and uh good luck i guess well i think that'll be your off week when you're fishing that tournament but uh we'll catch up with you in a couple weeks I also wanted to say the flounder fishing is beyond incredible this year. Anybody who's out there and loves flounder fishing, this is uh, the best flounder fishing I've seen in years. If you're uh, out and about, slow that jig down when you're working those shorelines, and uh, you should run into some flounder. I've been catching a lot of flounder comparatively to past years. Any special places, or is it pretty much coast-wide? Uh, that, that big lake area along the ship channel is really good right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. that whole uh, Plaquemines Parish lower area is really good right now. Yep, and uh, you know not necessarily conducive for kayaking, but the Lake Pontchartrain this time of the year, along those bridges, can produce some nice flounders too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That Sawmill Pass area is one of my favorites for big flounder as well. Have a great weekend, Brendan. We'll catch up with you next time. All right, thanks. All right, Brendan Bayard. Next week, we'll be talking to Eric Mohabarak. And, in fact, uh, right after this, well, you know what's next. This is the time of the Saturday morning where we talk about bad boys of the outdoors. This guy, he labeled the package he put in the mail as toys. But, uh, no, it was not toys. It was something alive. He was caught. He took a plea, and he's awaiting sentences. His story's next on the bad boys of the outdoors. On the outdoors, we're down to... All right, welcome into our chilly, uh, not cold or freezing, but uh, with the wind blowing and a little damp weather out there, it's kind of nippy, and this is definitely fall weather. And uh, good morning, outdoors guy from my buddy Uncle Larry. He wants to know if this is ready, set gumbo weather or what. Yes, it is some gumbo weather. That sounds good. By the way, what is your favorite gumbo ingredient? I'll tell you mine. Uh, wild duck and oyster gumbo. That's my favorite ingredients. But uh, look, I take the seafood, the chicken sausage, uh, you name it, wild squirrel, rabbit, 
Uh, you put just about anything in a gumbo and make it taste good. What is your favorite? Text me, 504-260-1870. Also got this text in. Uh, Don, what are the rules of having a license on a trailer? I see many with no license, and I had to pay for mine. Thanks. Yes, it is a requirement that you have a license plate on a trailer. And a lot of people don't realize this, but it's on the books but rarely enforced. You actually need a brake tag for a trailer, even though it doesn't have any brakes. It's got lights and, and, you know, that type of thing. Some of them have brakes, but the bigger ones, but most of them do not. But actually, it is a requirement. And, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of people driving trailers with no licenses on them. And, you know, they're subject to being stopped and ticketed and fined and uh, would behoove them to get a license plate on it. But we do see a lot of them without that. And I see a lot of them without lights working properly, too. All right. uh, Right after this pause, we're going to be back to tell you about a, a guy who almost four years ago, decided he was going to use the U.S. mail service for a nefarious activity. He was caught, he's pleaded guilty, and he's awaiting sentence. We'll tell you his story. He's a bad boy of the outdoors, and he's next, right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, according to the Department of Justice, nearly four years ago, Jason Kasepka shipped a package via the U.S. Priority Mail Express from a post office in Lambertville, New Jersey. The contents of the package? Ten, count them, ten live rhinoceros iguanas destined Hong Kong. Kasepka falsely described the contents of the package as toys, and the sender as an alias, Luke Jacobs. These so-called toy rhinoceros iguanas are an endangered species and they are endemic to the Caribbean island of Hispanola. They're a very large lizard. They will grow up to four and a half feet, and the name rhinoceros comes from the horn that protrudes from its snout. Now, these must have been babies for ten of them to fit in a priority mailbox. Must have been pretty crowded in that box. Well, faced with a maximum penalty of five years in prison and a fine of $250,000, For the Lacey Act violation, by falsely labeling an international shipment of wildlife, he took a very generous agreement plea to pay a $1,000 fine. I think they were more than generous with him. This coming January 25th is the sentencing date for 44-year-old Jason Kasepka of Farmingdale, New Jersey, our bad boy of the outdoors. Ah, uh, it never ends. No shortage of bad boys. All right, we got to vote for hot sausage gumbo. Ooh, that sounds good this morning. How about you? What's your favorite ingredient in gumbo? Was it sausage, chicken, uh, some other game bird, doves, uh, duck, uh, maybe some seafood? Let me know, 504-260-1870. And as we stir the gumbo pot, we take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to the plastic man, Captain Ryan Lambert. Cajun Fishing Adventures down in Buras. We're back with his report right after this. We call him the Plastic Man because that's exclusively, well, just about 99.9% of the time he's fishing with artificial baits, plastic baits. And now we found out this morning earlier he's, he's pretty thrifty. He fishes until there's nothing left but the head, even though the fish keep biting the tail shorter and shorter. <laughs> Ryan, they told a tale on you this morning, man, about trying to save those matrix shads, you know, and get the most out of each one, huh? 
So that took it off and just threw the jig head down and was catching them. <laughs> ah, well, that'll <laughs> work, know, too. That'll work, too. When they're biting like that, I mean, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer. I mean, literally every every cast was getting four or five hits. So, yeah, it, it's fun. But, uh, you know, went back on them fish, and they were suspended four foot off the bottom on, on an eddy. I mean, every time you go, you got to figure it out. And, you know, you think, well, they're not here. But if you put on a depth pond, you'll see the baits there, and they're still there. You just got to figure them out. Sometimes it's pretty difficult, you know, 18 foot of water and trying to figure out where they hit. But uh, once you get it, it's on. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, when they see you and see you on TV and hear you on the radio and you know, see you on Facebook page and all that, they associate you with speckled trout and redfish because, and, and duck hunting because that's where you've earned your living. But a lot of people don't realize you started off as a bass fisherman fishing freshwater. Yeah, I did that till I was 33 years old. I fished tournaments all over, all over the country. And uh Ended up becoming a single dad, and you can't do both. So uh, I made the right decision. I made the right decision, and everything turned out great. My daughter, that daughter's a lawyer, and she's doing fine, and I raised her, and uh, and I'm a guide, you know, and bass fishermen, you know, it's gotten bigger. But this is where I belong. I mean, it's been a great, great run for me. I've had a, a good, good it's done well for me. <laughs> you know, I'm very fortunate to have done what I've done from in my life and uh, met the people I've met. It's been great. Yeah, people uh, say you're lucky, but uh, I say it's hard work. And, you know, when uh, preparation meets opportunity is the definition of luck. Well, let's talk about some fishing down there. How'd you guys do this week, and how badly has this frontal system affected y'all? Well, you know, it's not fair to bring customers in when it's blowing 35, 45 miles an hour. So we canceled the last four days and today and tomorrow also. You know, I'm just gonna not, not going to take people's money. So we got them rescheduled. We didn't have much spot, but uh, I, found some, I had a spot in between the duck season there. So we got them rescheduled for that. And that's still great fishing, and the river's still pretty low. So, uh, yeah, we did – We'll sit back, and I'm working on faucets and fixing the tear and gutters down. It got blown on a storm, so I'm doing all my work while we're down, and all the boys are getting a break. And So we'll start back up. But this west wind, it sucked the water out on, on the other side. I mean, it's dead low. Them guys fishing the tournament got whacked. So, um, yeah, have, we made the have right you seen any indication? Have you seen any indications that this front brought in some new ducks? Well, you know, I'm positive it did. There's no no doubt about that. But, you know, going down all the way to the mouth of the river four times lately or five times lately, I've seen maybe seven teal each time and a few model ducks and a few uh, black belly squealers. No big ducks, nothing. I mean, it's going to be a rough, rough year in Venice for, for duck hunters because it was a nine-foot tidal surge and it killed everything down there. Um uh, you know, if you if you can find the duck potatoes in, in mine or still green, I mean, all of my duck potatoes have survived perfectly. All the trees on my side, you know, I didn't get the tile surged because of the way the wind blew. So I've got tons of ducks, but Dennis is going to really, really have a tough year, I think. And uh, uh, so is everything else all the way through Homa and probably all the way to Morgan City will start having ducks. You know, whatever's on the – was on the left side of that storm would be all right, but everything on the right side, we won't have ducks this year. I mean, it was devastating to a lot of places, so we'll see. You know, there's a lot of ducks down. The ducks are really coming. Uh, the ones I saw this week were just 
giant flocks of pintails, gadwalls, and, and blue wing teal. Some green wings showing up. So we'll just we'll wait on it. I got a couple of little youth hunts for next weekend. And then, you know, we'll be busy all week uh, putting up signs and doing what we got to do and, and building blinds and that kind of stuff. Watching the birds, seeing where the flight patterns are going to be this year and, and, you know, taking care of business. We'll be busy. No doubt. Those cast and blasts will be uh, coming up on a regular basis. Um, anything else you want to add about what's happening down there? No, it's just... It's, it's a ghost town down here right now it's between the wind and just yeah. the old hurricanes and stuff. I mean, it's I just can't wait to get back on the water. Uh, there's a lot of pretty water, so I can sight fish. I'm going to I'm gonna do a documentary for DU on Tuesday, and uh, I'm going to be with Kevin Ford on Wednesday. So uh, i got a busy week. Well, good luck to you. We thank you for checking in with us and giving us the report. Give us the information people contact you. I got you on my website, and you got CajunFishingAdventures.com, uh, which is a really nice, nicely done website. But give them that telephone number in case they want to give you a call. Yeah, if they need any information or anything, they can call me at 504-559-5111. All right, my friend. We'll catch up with you again next week. Take care. All right, looking forward to doing a little duck hunt with you, buddy. Yes, indeed. My shotgun's ready. By the way, before you go, what's your favorite gumbo ingredient? Um, just one ingredient? Well, I mean, the highlight. In other words, they got a lot of things you can put in the gumbo, but which one do you like yeah, the best? Yeah, you gumbo? know what I do to highlight it? I use smoked beef neck and smoked turkey necks in my gumbo. Mm. And it's it gives mm-hmm. it a nice smoky flavor, and you have that beef neck or that turkey neck in there as well, and, and it, it gives a flavor, and it gives you that some more meat, a different flavor to eat, you know, with chicken and deer sausage, what I usually like to cook. Yeah, sounding good. All right, my friend, go get your bowl. We'll see you next time. <laughs> All right, Captain Ryan Lambert, we call him the Plastic Man. Let's see, I got some uh, some suggestions here. Hot sausage, yeah, and then we got. Crab meat, shrimp, and okra. Yeah, that's a regular. But no crawfish. They don't belong. Sorry. Uh, baby iguana. No, no, that's from the other thing. <laughs> this is not iguanas in the gumbo. This question, did the baby iguanas that the guy listed as toys on his shipping label send, did they survive? Yes, they did. It was an express package, and the very next day, U.S. Fish and Wildlife intercepted the package and uh, saved those 10 baby rhinoceros iguanas all right coming back after this the bayou wild team is up in stuttgart arkansas they're chasing speckle belly geese and uh, it's almost time for shooting in fact it's very close 654 by my calculation we'll see how they're doing up there right after this time out on the outdoors with don debut radio network well in stuttgart arkansas the uh, duck capital of the world it's about 52 degrees a west northwest wind blowing at eight and it is the opening day of a very special early speckle belly goose season and the bayou wild tv team of uh, co-host martha spencer and photographer editor christopher lecoq are up there right now on a cajun invasion trip with guide roland cortez and martha good morning i'm calculating your shooting hours just started have you seen any action yet well, uh, we are just getting in the blinds. We got five A-frame blinds and about 30 hunters here. So we're just setting up. I can hear them. Uh, I've heard a few birds. Uh, it's still pretty dark, but 
we did see an encouraging amount of birds yesterday when we drove in. I mean, they were flying all over the place, and the weather looks about just right for us. So still a little overcast. Um, it's not as cold as we were expecting. Tomorrow I think it'll be a little chillier, but, I mean, I, they put out uh, 30 dozen decoys, so I do believe we're going to have some birds in here pretty soon. 30 dozen. Tell me how you set up. Are you on a levee in a, in a pit blind, or you have a pop-down blind, and uh, where are the we, decoys we're, we're placed, an, both sides, one side? We're in an A-frame uh, blind right now, so we're not in a pit blind. Uh, it's kind of similar to what we were hunting last year. Um, it's kind of, we'll just, we can see a little bit more. Um, it's pretty spacious. Everybody's kind of getting ready, and it looks like it'll be a similar kind of ambush-style pop-up scenario uh we've got a new dog out here too um he might be retrieving his first goose so that'll be exciting we also have a a hunter who is creating he is going for his north american slam and uh he's from ohio and he's uh going for his first speckle belly he's shot everything across north america but hasn't got a speck yet so hoping to get his first today as well well good luck to him tell us what it is you enjoy about speckle belly goose hunting so much it's very different from other waterfowl hunting like ducks well, aside from tasting a lot better, um, <laughs> I think they're some of the prettiest and smartest birds, and I, I like listening to them. Um, when you drive up here, I think a lot of people don't realize how many more birds are here than what we have in Louisiana or in other places. I mean, that people come here for that one reason, and there's more speckle bellies here in concentration than just about anywhere else you can imagine. So, you know, wide open fields, lots to see. We saw them driving in, just hanging out on the side of the road. We saw them flying. Um there's just such a high concentration of birds. It's just impressive to see. And I don't think unless you've seen it before, you realize how many are here. They're big, tough birds, and sometimes you got to shoot them at some pretty good distances. What kind of firepower are you shooting this morning? Oh, I'm going to get my shoulder knocked off today, indeed. I've got uh, three-inch <laughs> BB shells um, with my pump gun, so I'm probably going to be a little sore tomorrow. But whatever it takes to knock them down. 12-gauge, right? That's correct, yeah. You know, these birds, as you mentioned, they're so hardy. uh Last year, I took one home and had it taxidermied, and my taxidermist mentioned that the bird that I had gotten mounted had been shot before, and he knew that because he found BBs from the prior season that were encapsulated. So they are hardy, and they can take a big big lick in if you don't hit them right. And what's the regulations this year for Arkansas? How many birds per hunter per day? Well, it's, it's two speckle belly per day per hunter. Um Snow geese and Canadians are also open, but they're not seeing them yet. It's a little early for them, but if there is that off chance that one gets stupid and flies in, we could shoot them too. Chris actually got some footage of a couple hundred uh, snow geese mingling yesterday, but for the most part, it's two birds per day per person, and we're going to have a lot of birds hitting the floor here today. Do you have Roland in the blind with you doing the calling? Uh, we've got Carl Lamb and Roland. I'm not sure. It's kind of dark. I can't even really see people's faces, so I'm, I'm sure I'll hear I'll hear him. He's somewhere close. Um, I think Carl's going to be next to us. We're going to interview him and Roland. Um, okay. Carl Lamb is another guide up here, so it should be a good time. You're hearing some calling right, now. It's time to go. It is time. Thank you, and uh, go ahead and get them, and uh, we'll be looking for that Bayou Wild TV feature. Thank you, Captain Martha. Good luck. Sounds good. All right, there she goes. Uh, It's going to be a future Bayou Wild. By the way, this week we took Miss Louisiana, the current 2021 Miss Louisiana, into the Honey Island Swamp for an adventure with Cajun Encounters. Check it out. Go to BayouWildTV.com, and you can check out all the listings, or you can just go to the YouTube channel and watch it there.
That's going to wrap it up for a Halloween weekend. We're going to see you next week in November with some more of this fall fishing and hunting information. We do it every week. Hope you'll join us again. And ask for St. Hubert's blessing if you're going to be hunting this week on his feast day. See you next week on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t